I'm Paul Sutton, and this is Digital Download, the show where I talk to topic experts on digital marketing, social media, and public relations about the things that matter in today's communications industry. Google finally started enforcing the use of Google Analytics 4 this summer. But it's fair to say that it hasn't exactly been welcomed with open arms by marketers. In July, one of the SEO industry's top media outlets, Search Engine Land, wrote a piece entitled 10 Things We Hate About GA4. So if you're finding it a struggle, maybe there's little comfort in knowing that you are far from alone. Or maybe not. I've spoken to several consultants in the last few months who've been pulling their hair out trying to get their heads around GA4. (coughs) And to be completely honest, I'd count myself in that too. Knowing your way around GA4 is one thing, but easily getting hold of and analysing meaningful data is quite another. Among the common gripes that people have are the user interface, the lack of resources that explain GA4 in easily understandable terminology, the lack of features, the non-existent reports, and the fact that overall it's just incredibly difficult to use. Whereas its predecessor, Universal Analytics, was pretty intuitive, GA4 has very obviously been built by data engineers with no grasp on real-world use. I asked my LinkedIn network what they make of it. Gregory Rose said he's confused as to what it is. I like to think I'm an intelligent person and pick up skills fairly quickly, he said. But it's thrown my campaigns a little. Jan Adams said that it's massively overcomplicated, especially if you're not an e-commerce business. She told me that she usually picks up new analytics changes easily, but that even with training, she finds it hard to see the data she needs. Amy Rowe and Kiara Balakandran agreed that GA4 is unnecessarily complex and seems to be designed for e-commerce and not for those working in comms. And Stuart Bruce said that whereas GA3 had an acceptable difficulty to learn for the benefit ratio, GA4 doesn't have enough benefit for the effort. Well, enough is enough. And so for today's show, I turn to the person who I know understands GA4 better than most communications professionals, and who's capable of explaining things in words we can all understand. Andrew Bruce Smith has worked in comms for over three decades, and has the claim to fame of being the second person in Britain to send a press release by email in 1990. So journalists, you should blame Andrew. He got into web analytics before Google Analytics even existed, and so he's been a user since the day it launched. He says that around 2008, he started to connect the dots between PR work and web analytics and started to look at the relationship between media coverage and behaviour online. From there, I kind of worked out there's not that many people working in PR and comms that have any clue whatsoever about how to, to, to utilise web analytics data and how to integrate it with, with everything else. And I guess that's when I'd begun doing training for the CRPR and I suggested what I do a workshop around it this is 2012 they said sure and here we are 11 years later that that course is still very popular and uh, yeah I, I spent a lot of my time working either with agencies or in-house teams to to help them get the most out of out of Google Analytics. Do you find it surprising that 10 years on that course is still very popular? I mean yes and no. <laughs> I mean, I get the questions a lot and I, I do sort of probably not as in-depth as you, but training on the basics of analytics for PR people and comms people. Yeah. And it, it always, it still surprises me to this day that I get asked that <laughs> when it's been so long, you know? Well, don't get me started. To be honest, the, the, the debate around measurement evaluation is kind of depressing because I remember even back in the 1980s when I was starting out in PR, we're having the same conversations. Oh, you know, PR, we need to get better at measurement. We need to get better at evaluation. And 30 odd years later, we're still asking the same questions. It's, that is kind of, you know, yeah. a, a bit depressing. But yeah, to, to be fair, on, on the upside, I mean, clearly it's not as bad as it once was. I'm just disappointed we haven't got a lot further in, in, that, uh, in, in that journey. Um, yeah. you know, we can spend you know, forever arguing what, or discussing why is that the case? Are, are PR people just inherently kind of like, you know, they just, ooh, 
numbers, data, mm. anything to do with statistics or mathematics. Oh no, yeah. no, I, I want to, I want to avoid it. I don't know. I don't. You don't need a PhD, but I just think there are some, you know, basic, basic, basic principles that it's well worth just spending a bit of effort to wrap your head around because it will serve you well. Well, exactly. I mean, things like you know, like you said, things like backlinks and referral traffic and all that sort of stuff. That's not. It's not rocket science, is it? It's it not. really isn't. No, it really, it really isn't rocket science. As I say, I think there's this kind of tendency to, oh, if if we're if we're better at measurement, then then it automatically means that that our PR programs are going to be more successful, rather than it's the other way around. Mm. If you measure properly, that can provide you the insights to then help you improve your. Uh, your, your your communications program but but in, in the absence of, of of measurement then it is just yeah it's guesswork um <laughs> which yeah you know you're welcome to try that but <laughs> i think you're, you'll come unstuck yeah absolutely well I, I guess leading on to the topic we're going to talk about today then when when did i start using analytics that would have been about 2005 2006 i think because i originally I, I was working for an agency and then I set up an e-commerce company at that time uh-huh. and suddenly needed to get to know analytics and SEO and you would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and AdWords and, you know, all this stuff, oh, yeah. which I didn't have a clue about. So, you know, learned it through, through doing it. Well, that's what most people do. I mean, let's be honest, because that, there were no rule books in the early days, were there? There, no. Were no, there was nowhere to go. You only found out, as you say, by, by doing it that's mm. that's how everyone originally <laughs> figured things out um, in, in the early days yeah I think you're right so yeah I mean I've been using analytics then for 17 years or something like that I don't know but I have to say I struggle with what's happening now we all are <laughs> I, to put it bluntly I hate J4 <laughs> I really do I despise it and I am one of these people who a year ago was like, right, got to learn this stuff, got to transition everything across, hated it, put it off, 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 gets yeah. to June, and I'm starting to get this big flashing counter in my analytics saying you've got 30 days left, you've got 29 days left. That counter's now gone, <laughs> and we're fully into GA4 now. Universal Analytics is gone. Well, it's 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 ceased to capture data. Yes, so yes. You've got, okay. you've, got, you've got a year left to... We've got you've got a year left to to extract that inf- that information if if you want to keep it for posterity, mm. which again I suspect most people will leave it until next June. Yeah, go, absolutely, oh. and then big panic. Yeah, then absolutely, big panic. Oh. Yeah. On on that point though, what why do you think people like me hate this so much? <laughs> well, I think that my 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 anecdotal sort of straw poll of, of people I talk to suggested that that is the general reaction to it. Well, it's a combination of things. It's partly because it, it is so different from, from what came before. The fact was that they had to do something. Google Analytics 3, Universal Analytics, was built effectively on that original Urchin code base. So it was a kind of almost a 20-year-old technology. And for various reasons, it was never going to be... They, they, they couldn't keep it going. So GA4 is effectively a completely brand new thing. It's built from the ground up. Yeah. Now there's pros and cons to that. I mean, the pros should be, wow, it's a blank sheet. You know, we can hopefully kind of build something that's fit for the modern age, um, and can do lots of great things, and and, and people will, will like it. That clearly isn't <laughs> how it's ter- turned yeah. out. So I, I say it's unfortunate. I think a lot of the things that 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 people get annoyed about, they're kind of they were kind of forced on Google because they couldn't just replicate exactly the way it was done before. Yeah, it's an entirely new data structure, data model, etc., etc., etc. So that the, um, there are clearly technical reasons why they've had to go a certain route. Again, it's like, dudes, have you really thought this through properly? Mm. Because it, it, as, as I say, that well, we can get into it in, in detail in a minute, I'm sure. But but one of the classics, of course, is people go, but hang on, I'm used to all these reports that were yep. just there. Where are they? They're yep. all gone. You've got rid of them all, literally. Every single last damn one, the standard reports in GA4, and they're not even really reports. You get a couple of data cards, really, really simplistic data cards, um, and that's it. You know, if you want anything more, they've basically outsourced uh, a lot of it to the user. Yeah, placing the responsibility on the user 
to have a clear idea of what they want. Now, rightly or wrongly, most people don't. <laughs> it's all very well saying, well, strictly speaking, you shouldn't even get to go anywhere near Google Analytics until you've gone away and thought through, what do I want? <laughs> In an ideal world, I get a pen and paper out, literally, and I draw a kind of a the ideal sort of report and dashboard. What are the dimensions and metrics I think I should be tracking? Yep. What kind of visualizations do I want? Once I've decided that, then I go back and I use kind of GA to try and try and do that. And again, it's they haven't said this very clearly to people, but obviously all along, they in fact five or six years ago, they said, look, we, we should separate effectively reporting from analysis. So really, GA4 is strictly speaking a tool for capturing the data and for analyzing it. Yep. But for reporting, use something else. And of course, people will say, go and use Google Looker or Data Studio as, as it was formerly known. And they've got a point. You know, Google Looker is a far, far superior way of reporting and visualizing, well, not just data from GA4, but but from anything. Yep. Arguably, that's a good thing, You know, separating these, these two. But have they done a particularly, I don't think they have, a good job of explaining to the <laughs> the um, the general population, as it were, this is how you should go about doing things. Mm-hmm. Why haven't they been sort of putting on tutorials and resources mm-hmm. to explain to people this is why we're doing it? You may have noticed even using Universal Analytics that if you ever went anywhere near the dashboard feature within within Universal for like the last five years, it would say, "Oh, don't use this. Go and use Data Studio." Yeah. For years, they've been even telling their own users the dashboard bit of UA of Universal wasn't very good because mm-hmm. it wasn't. <laughs> and that Looker was a superior way of doing it. But it's one thing to say, oh, go and use this, as opposed to, look, here's why. Let's Absolutely. Explain Let's explain to you what's going on here yeah. um, that could be understood by most people who are not full-time professional data analysts or you know, they've, they've done a PhD in, in, in uh, data analytics and visualization because that, that isn't most people. Mm. And I mean, that's probably where this confusion and hatred comes from, I guess, is that 80% of users, probably more than that, I'd say more, are yeah. just normal, I say normal people, yeah. you know what I mean by that, non-data people. Correct. They're people who want data on, or they yes. want analysis of what they're doing, but they're not going to sit there for hours interrogating this stuff. They just want a neat, nice report. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give you an example with, with GA4. Now, admittedly, they've they've kind of obviously, <laughs> there have been such howls of anguish that they've relented on this one. But GA4 until probably towards the end of last year, you know, didn't even have uh, an inbuilt landing page report. You had to build your own. And it was a 10-step process yep. to get one of the most basic reports imaginable. But you, the user, would first of all have to go away and you have to work out what are those 10 steps just to get something that surely, surely that should be just there at the click of a button. Now it is, but that's just one uh, kind of, as I say, standard report that that, uh, they've relented on. Everything else, it's still, it's on you basically to figure out what you want and then to use the tool or the tools really in reality to to arrive at at what you're, you're looking for. I mean, with GA4, um, I mean, they're, de- they're deliberately making it very difficult to, to, to share things with, with others. Mm. So we can get into the detail on this, but the, the, the exploration uh, feature, which is to where you get the more detailed insights. So if you c- create an exploration report, you can share it only with other people who've got access to the GA account. And even then it's read only. They can't edit it. Yeah, if they want to amend or edit that that exploration report, they have to make a copy of their own and edit that, <laughs> and then share it with you, which is read only again. So you yeah. end up making. I mean, it's no, it's clearly they do not want you to share it. They're seeing it more as a kind of individual analysis tool for the user. If you want to report stuff and share it, don't use Google Analytics. You know, go off and use Google Looker. That's what they want you to do. Now, you can just see from an, from the normal user standpoint. Bloody hell! I've gone from using one tool, which kind of had everything. Now I'm going to have to use two. And I've got I've got two sets of tools I need to learn how to use now. And blimey, all I wanted was yeah, exactly <laughs> a quick snapshot. Yeah, it, ah! it, it feels so short sighted. And like you said, it's not. Well, my impression is it's not that the product is inherently bad. It's that the comms around it and the way it's been built and structured 
is inherently bad. If only they'd have PR professionals involved <laughs> in the beginning, you see. Yeah. Life could have been so different for Absolutely. everybody. <laughs> well, let's get into some of the detail then of of GA4. And well, let's start with what what are the major differences between Universal Analytics and GA4? Okay. So it's probably worth kind of you know, breaking those down into, into different areas. I mean, yeah. to, to, if, we, if, we, if we start with the techie stuff first, fundamentally, Google Analytics 4 is a completely different tool product to, to, to GA3. GA3 was built on you know, the historical Urchin code that was yep. been around for 20-odd years. So it, it's, it's been completely built from the ground up. To get a little bit sort of technical about it, it is a, it's an event-based data architecture. In, in GA3, you had page views and events. And what's an event? Yes. Uh, in the parlance of, of analytics, or in, at, least, at least Google Analytics, an event was any uh, non-page view interaction with a website. So somebody clicking the play button on a video or downloading a PDF or clicking anything, quite frankly, is a non-page view um, uh, interaction. Therefore, that is an event. Yep. But page views and events were, were kind of treated as, as kind of separate separate entities. With GA4, there are only events. A page view is now just another kind of event that, that is tracked by, by the system. So the question there that leads on from that is, are page views still counted? Is that just rolled into events now? Yeah, it's, 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 it's an event. So yes, yes, they, yes they are. Where, where it gets... Um, slightly confusing for for the ordinary user of course is now they've introduced this concept of parameters Mm -hmm. what's that yep so parameters are basically um kind of uh, features of of events so if i take the page for example there's the the page view is now an event which can have various parameters associated with it an obvious one would be well what was the page that was opened Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know the page location so the page location is a parameter in this case, associated with the page view event. To, to give GA4 a little bit of bit of credit, previously, of course, if you want, and most people did want to track events, you know, mm-hmm. you're a PR person, do you want to track whether or not that PDF that you slaved over has been downloaded X number of times? And you want to know that, 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 that why did, did, did people download that PDF? What, what brought them to the site? Wow, is our media coverage that drove people to the site and they ended up down in that PDF. Yes, that's definitely an event yep. I want to track. Historically, setting up event tracking in GA3 was a bit of a pain in the rear. Now, to be fair, when Google Tag Manager came along, which is probably about, what, about eight, nine years ago now, it certainly made that job a lot easier. But you know, let's be honest, it was still a bit of effort to be able to track you know, events in, in, in GA3. Yeah. GA4 has got a whole bunch of effectively kind of built-in event tracking. So you want to track video plays? Don't you worry about it now. It's all in there. It does mm-hmm. it for you. you know, file downloads, which was, again, was always a bane, a bane of people's lives. Um, I remember, I won't reveal the client, but it was a very huge organization probably about 12 years ago saying, wow, we can track our PDF downloads. I said, how many have you got? And they said, about 10,000. I said, oh, well, who's the poor sap? that's going to have to literally add the event tracking code to all 10,000 PDFs. <laughs> you saw the blood drain from their face. Um, you know, Tag Manager, obviously, when it, when it finally came along, would have made that, that job a lot easier. But, but now, ostensibly, you don't need to think about it because it's already taken care of. So that, that's one of the good things, I guess, about, about GA4, that th- things that in the past would have taken quite a bit of effort to set up, and particularly when it involved any kind of, you know, technical uh, intervention so uh-oh what well, i've got to add, add code to the site oh dear yeah you can tell that your typical pr professional is already going well there's no way i'm going to get involved with that. <laughs> um, um, or you know right well or it means i have to go to the web team and it's like they're going to add that to the million one other things they've got to do i'd like to see it happen now and they're yeah. going well yeah it's at the bottom of the queue you know, we'll do it when we get around to it, which might be in the next two months which again is, is pointless yeah so yeah that that sort of um, difference between you know the way in which the, the two tools uh, were kind of built uh, developed, uh, but that that sort of event based uh, you know, model is is what 
GA4 rests upon. But yeah, uh, yeah. so there, there are some good things. There are some good things where, <laughs> yeah. where that, that inbuilt event tracking you know, basically takes care of the vast majority of things that people would want to track and there's, there's no, no further work required. Yeah. Okay. So, in in one sentence, then, just to yeah. explain it very clearly, the main difference is that GA four tracks all interactions on a website, Correct. whereas previously it tracked sessions or page views. Well, it, it tracked sessions. It treated events and page views as, as separate things altogether. Yeah. See, I can't even do that in one sentence because I still yeah. still didn't get that quite right. There you go. Oh, well, I didn't explain it very well. But yeah. <laughs> no, you did absolutely. <laughs> there you go. There's the problem. Inevitably, then, this is going to lead to, or does lead to, discrepancies between the data that is pulled in and therefore the data that is that you you can find. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good point. So there are new metrics, for example, in, in GA four that we didn't have in, in in the old version, and there are metrics that have got the same name but they're calculated in different ways. Which is not helpful. <laughs> not helpful. And again, uh, it's been unfortunate. People have been talking about you know, migrating from, from GA3 to GA4. You can't really migrate because they're completely different. Mm. You know, people say, well, can I take the data from GA3 and import it? And you can't. Yeah. Because it's com- two completely different data models. You're not comparing apples with apples. So the short answer is sadly no. Yeah. I mean, you can make some some approximations, but at the end of the day, they, they, they are different. I think one of the key um, kind of new metrics is this concept of an engaged session. Yes. So it's worth a minute or two on the engaged session. So what is that? So by default, uh, an engaged session with GA4 today is when a user uh, visits a site and either uh, visits two or more pages or spends at least 10 seconds or more on the site. Now, people might think, well, that doesn't sound much different to what it was before. But <laughs> with GA3, for example, a bounce visit was when the, the visitor visited the site, only visited a single page and then departed. Yep. But it had no idea how long that person spent on that single page. Was it two seconds or was it 30 minutes? Yep. People, would, uh, people wouldn't believe me. I said, well, look at the column where it says time yep. and it's always zero. Oh, Really? What? I thought it. I thought it meant that the person spent. Us. No, it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so to be fair, again, the engaged session is is trying to take into account how much time a person spent on the site, and even if they only spent, if they only visit a single page, if they spent ten minutes on it, then it counts. It's not a bounced visit. If that mm. if that makes that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, just to make things even more complicated, of course, <laughs> that some people say, well, ten seconds. That doesn't sound very long to me. Is that really long enough for somebody to be counted as a as an engaged visitor? Mm-hmm. I, I, I I'd have thought. Would it be better to say I don't know sixty seconds? Yeah. Well, now there's the option if you want to in GA four to to change that default. So if you want to say well, I don't tens tens enough, I want to make it 30, 40, 50, Then you, then you can. Yeah. The danger there though is that that certainly if, if you're reporting to senior management, if you adjust that from say ten seconds to sixty your bounce rate will immediately go up yeah. because <laughs> bounce rate in GA4 is calculated in a different way to what it was previously. In the old one, it was a single page visit and that was it. Now a bounce visit is simply the number of, is the total number of sessions minus the engaged sessions. Yep. So it's, it's a measure of non-engaged session, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So if, you, if you raise the threshold for the engaged session limit, your bounce rate's going to go up. Yeah, which makes perfect sense. So again, people now start to start, you can immediately start, people start to think about, oh, well, I, I don't want the bounce rate to go up. So I, I know I should raise the threshold for engaged session, but but, but I'm going to keep it low. Yeah. I want, the, I want to keep them. It's like, no. That's, missing the point. You're missing the point here, Absolutely. aren't you? Surely if, if you're genuinely interested in an engaged visitor, then I'm sure you want to make it the maximum that, that you think is, is, is the right one to truly track that yes people have arrived and mm. come to the site and they are spending an acceptable minimum amount of time because that reassures that yes they're here and uh, they're hopefully they are you know reading the content you know, watching content whatever else but yes the engaged session um, and the relationship there between you know bounce rate uh, is, is kind of a pretty pretty crucial one to to wrap your head around if that if that makes sense yeah it does absolutely i was asked a question the other day by someone who said it was to do with this and if, if i raise my 
my threshold of what counts as an engaged session. And they said to me, well, let's say someone opens my website mm-hmm. and they leave it open on a tab mm-hmm. and they leave it open for 10 minutes, but they're doing absolutely nothing with it. You just got to suck that up, haven't you? <laughs> Basically. Yes, yes. I mean, strictly speaking, Google does allow you to adjust the so-called session timeout. So as previously, the default is 30 minutes. So if there's 30 minutes of inactivity, then GA does assume, well, they've obviously gone away. Mm. So the session's over. So if you if you wanted to, if you felt actually 30 is too long, if it's inactive for 10 minutes, yeah. I want to end the session, when you can. That's up to you. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's an adjustable uh, setting. But I think for the vast majority of people, well, most people don't even realize there is a, a timeout. No, no, no. Or, or even that, that it, it, uh, it, it is adjustable. Yeah. But, but yeah, absolutely. If, if, if somebody... If somebody opens the tab and for whatever reason, you know, the phone go or whatever, yeah. they're distracted, they go somewhere else and the tab's still open, sure, that's yeah, it's that's the proxy. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the person who asked me was was kind of getting at well, <laughs> directly asked me, well, has GA four fixed this thing? Can can we now can I now tell if someone has literally done that? Because they haven't interacted well, with no. with the site, they haven't scrolled, they've done nothing. They've just opened it and left it. I think again, this is this this is I think where where people sort of uh, forget that in reality, Google Analytics is tracking the browser, not the person. Yeah, yeah. You're assuming there is a human being on the other side yeah, of yeah. the screen. Yeah, um, I mean, it's the it's the age old joke about if if there's a a, a computer in a shared environment, i.e., at home where multiple different people can access the same browser, yep. you'll get a pretty interesting, <laughs> wow. So one minute they're looking at, at uh, you know, Vogue, and the next minute they're, they're checking out the Harley-Davidson website, and, and it's like assuming it's the same person, but in reality it's different people using the same browser. And even now, Google Analytics is simply tracking the browser. So unless you're going to start to connect the the the, the camera mm. to check whether the person's there or not, Hey, we can do it now. Facial recognition and AI will be working it out. There we go, yeah. I'm sure somebody's working on it as we yeah, speak. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. anyway. Okay, so uh, another one of the things that is is mentioned to me quite a lot at the moment is around the user interface in J4, mm. which, I mean, I think it's atrocious. And a lot of people seem to think that. I mean, I, I had uh, a question just last week from someone who was trying to find referral traffic fairly straightforward thing to do isn't it you know she can see the number of referrals could she find where those referrals were from no it's you know because okay so (laughs) the interface let's be honest has been drastically stripped back yeah so you and again if you think about the old interface effectively your kind of left-hand side menu in ga3 uh, was just a way of of kind of aggregating all of these pre-built reports yeah. under you know, audience, acquisition, behavior, yeah. et cetera. And there are about 120 of these pre-built reports. And people forget that even then it defaulted to showing you a table view, but you had four other options. to dis- So there was actually a really kind of you know, a vast array of, of, of different ways of taking these kind of standard reports off the shelf and you know, you've got something you can, you can begin to work with. Yeah. That's not how GA4 uh, works. Yeah. So, in the old one, there was a there was a off the shelf referral report. Yeah, there isn't anymore. <laughs> you know, to, to be honest, to, to replicate what you had previously, you would need to use the exploration feature. You know, you're okay. going to need to go in and you're going to need to manually f- select the dimensions and metrics that that you're you're, you're looking for. Uh, and again, just to make it even harder, you have to seek out the dimension. And I'm, I'm trying to remember from the top of my head now. I think it is something like you know page underscore referrer so you need to find that dimension you need to import it into the exploration and then you need to then effectively build the report that that you want so there's a number of steps you need to go through just to get the basic referral report i mean just on that as a a bit of a sidebar um i think because because people have been asking me this for for the last couple of years and this was this was happening in ga3 people saying hang on We've been sort of you know monitoring the traffic we get from media coverage for, for a few years now, but we've we've noticed that it seems to be going down. I said, well, it probably isn't, but here's a little known change that Google made to the Chrome browser about three years ago in 2020. 
So stop me if I'm getting too boring here, but it is kind of important for PR people. So up until 2020, the Chrome browser, if the user went to a website, let's say the FT, and the FT site didn't explicitly tell the, the browser not to pass on the full referral string of the page opened to to the, the, the site that the person visited, it did it. So, hey, we've got this piece of coverage on the FT. You know, that's the URL of the coverage. Browser's, browser's opened. They've clicked the link. They've gone to the site. And we can see in, in Google Analytics how many people who visited that FT story came to the site. Yep. In 2020, they decided that they would make it a kind of opt-in. In other words, if the site doesn't explicitly tell Google it can pass on that referral information, it would say no, right. even if it hasn't said you can't. So most sites don't have a policy, if you will. Yep. But Google says, well, you didn't tell us we can, so <laughs> we won't. So increasingly over the last several years, you would see, you'd be able to see how much traffic the FT might have sent to your site, but breaking it down into the individual piece of coverage, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, to be effectively, that's going to disappear, really. Because people have started getting worried, thinking, oh, does it mean that you know our media companies isn't sending traffic? Well, mm. it almost certainly still is. But your ability to, to break it down to that granular level of, of an individual piece of coverage is being stymied by that introduction of that policy to, to, to Chrome. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Google's argument is, look, you know, it's about privacy. It's about so that that's I think the argument they are making. But um, again, you could argue, well. Even if you had a pre-built referral report now in GA4, from a PR perspective of, of using it to understand uh, media coverage traffic, well, it probably still wouldn't tell you much anyway. No, sure. Um, other than the, t the total amount of traffic from, say, a media site. You know, oh, look, we got 3,000 visits from the FT this month, and there was only one story I got on there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it must be that one. Yeah. But if you've had, yeah, so you get the idea. Yeah, okay. But then if, using this specific example then, if, if I go into GA4 and I, because you can do it, you can see where the referrals are coming from to a degree anyway. Can I then save that dashboard or do I then have to save the dashboard in a third party tool? So, so for clarity, the standard reports in, in GA4 still allow you to add a so-called secondary dimension. But again, it's not obvious, Yeah, <laughs> but you'll see in the kind of the, the really basic table, there's a little plus sign. If you click on that, so you could, for example, put in you know, referral as the, the secondary option. But generally, using the exploration feature is the better way to do it because you've got complete control over the dimensions and metrics you select. Yeah. So again, it's this whole idea of Google saying, look, we want to separate your ability to analyze your data and then to report on it. So in the exploration feature, you could build a, a basic table which might give you some insights. Because again, the, the visualization options in, in GA4 are pretty restricted. You can do a table, I think you do a scatter plot and two or three others. Whereas of course, Google Looker, wow, you know, you've got the full nine yards. Yeah. So again, this is why people hate it. It's that, well, you know, I've got the insight, but really I can't share, I, mean, I want to put it into report yeah, yeah. management. I'm not going to give the CEO access to GA. That's, that's not on the cards. So you you, you're being pushed to use, say, Google Looker, where you can actually kind of take whatever visualization you want um, and then select the, the appropriate metrics and then display them. So that it may seem a bit odd, but the idea is you, you kind of work out what you want to show in GA and then go over here into Looker to actually then share that information with, uh, uh, with, with, with others. And I mean, a little sidebar with, with Google Looker, which again, it's just what, what is Google playing at? So it, you, you can obviously pull data from GA4 into a Looker dashboard, but until a few weeks ago, they didn't let you pull in the full range of dimensions and metrics. What? <laughs> They've only had a year to work it out. Give them a chance. They've had years. They've had five years to work it out, um, or even longer. Yeah. Um, I mean, for example, until a few weeks ago, the landing page dimension was not one you could access through Google Looker. What? <laughs> yeah. So I've not... You know, I spent hours getting the landing page data I want. Yeah. I want to display it in Looker. I can't do it because the dimension's <laughs> not there to select from. You know, and thankfully, about two or three weeks ago, they they have now um, uh, made uh, pretty much the full because there are three hundred dimensions and metrics pre-built dimensions and metrics in GA four, but they were only giving you 
a small number of them until recently mm. to be able to pull them in. And so we ended, I mean, some of us ended up doing these ludicrous kind of workarounds to try and sort of replicate a landing page, a simple <laughs> yeah. landing page table in Google Lookup. It should not be that difficult. No, it really absolutely. But, absolutely. Yeah. One of the things, or another thing, should I say, that, that <laughs> I, I'm hearing quite a lot from people, and I think this comes down to a little bit of knowledge is a dangerous thing, really, <laughs> but is around user life cycles. So people have said to me they're getting very excited about the fact that they can now track a single user and, and where they go and how they, you know, what they're doing around the place. Do you want to dig into this a bit more and maybe dispel some myths on it? Well, in, in reality, you could have done that before in uh, in, in GA3. Um, it was a little known feature, which was the, um, uh, it was a, there, was a, there was a user explorer report. Uh, strictly speaking, it allowed you to, to understand the interactions from a single client ID. Because in reality, when people talk about you know, adding the GA tracking code to your website, yes, it's a little bit of JavaScript, but effectively what happens is when somebody opens the, the page in the browser, fires the JavaScript, and what it's doing is it's, it's looking to see, is there a, a, an existing client ID cookie already in the browser? And if it can detect that, it's like, well, this browser has been to this site previously. It's a returning visitor. Yep. It's, a, it's a unique number assigned to that browser that allows Google to kind of understand different uh, different browsers coming to a site. Uh, the second cookie is the session cookie. So that records all the data within the session. And then it can, you, you, you attach the client ID to the session data, and that's how it... So the, the user explore report in GA3 was saying, look, down to the level of an individual client ID, we can tell you that that, that particular browser first came to the site, you know, six months ago. Yep. And all the interactions. So people go, oh, yeah. Um, and again, you think from a GDPR standpoint, well, blimey, sometimes you might be able to, you, you might work out who that is. <laughs> well, I'm pretty certain I know who that is. Uh-huh. Anyway, well, that aside, so you, you've been able to do that for, for a very, very long time. Um, the reality I found, though, is, well, but, but was it actually any use to you? Mm. So, I mean, I, I know Google's idea was, well, Let's say you, it wasn't for stalking purposes, but it was the case of, well, if you identify certain people who are displaying the kind of user behavior you want to see more of, you know, what can you learn from that? You know, wow, this person turned up and they looked at 20 pages and then they did this, this and this. We want, we want thousands more people to, to do just this. Yep. <laughs> what is it about that session or, or, or that user interactions that we can try and you know, replicate that? Uh, what was it a particular campaign or a channel whatever i think that was the thinking behind that and it's there it's still there in ga4 um it's a it's an off-the-shelf exploration so you can if you want to you can go in and you can look at an individual client id or a range of client ids to to get the data associated with it Um, i I guess i say my moot point is it it kind of feels like it it should be good but you know, what actually is the practical use of that, unless you are going to use it in that kind of way yeah. to try and figure out, well, those are user interactions and behaviors that we want to see more of. What can we learn from those that are doing it yeah. to try and encourage others who aren't to, to, to do what we'd like them to uh, to do? So that's there. It's uh, it's it's still there in uh, GA4. Again, um, how easy is it to find that? Well, you, you need to know what an exploration report is. Mm-hmm. You need to know how to get into it. You need to know where to then find that default exploration template because you still need to then, with any new exploration, you've got to define up front what dimensions do I want, what metrics do I want, uh, and sundry other things before it will do anything. Because you, even, you can sit there going, well, I've picked my dimensions and metrics, and it's still a great big blank screen. Yeah, yeah, because you've got to drag them over into that sort of second column to then and say, well, is it a table I want? Is it this is? There's all these little steps you've got to go to before you even see anything. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess this is the big issue, isn't it? Which we referred to earlier is that all of this stuff is great, but for the people specifically who listen to this podcast, they're not the people who are going to do this. They're just not. No. So, I mean, is is the onus on then? But here's a question. If, I, if I'm if i running a PR agency, let's say, uh, let's say there's 30 people in my agency, do I now need to hire a data person who's going to sit there building reports for GA4 and looking at each client? And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you need a full-time person? I mean, do you... 
do you pay somebody who knows what they're doing mm. to kind of you know work with you you know basically kind of bring in a, a consultant i'm not it's not a plug for my <laughs> Yeah, that that to me is is probably the more practical way forward. So if if you're working with somebody that you can brief them correctly, and they basically go away and, and build it for you, yeah, that's probably the best way forward. I, I just think that this this idea of all oh, just let's let's hire somebody and that's all they do. That, that, that's yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but I, I do think it it changes the onus on maybe smaller companies, smaller agencies, independent people as well. Oh, yeah. Who are just not got the... There are only 24 hours in a day. Yeah, exactly. Not got the time to do and this. You have, you have to make decisions about what am I going to spend my time doing? What? I mean, just to cut to the chase, I mean, what is the return? You know, let's, mm. let's frankly say, say, okay, right, I'm going to bite the bullet. You know, I'm going to go and spend you know, days being shown how it works and what to do to set it up. You know, we're probably you're probably talking about you know week maybe two weeks of your time and effort yeah. just to get to a point where I've even got a, a basic you know reporting setup. Is it really worth it? Yeah. You know, do my clients really care that much about it? I mean, I've had a lot of conversations certainly with as you say smaller agencies, you know, freelancers going, oh, really? Yeah. You've, I know, very kind. You've shown us all this, but really, really, life is too short. And to be honest, you know, my my clients couldn't give a monkey's about about all of that stuff. Yeah. They just want the basics, and you know, I'll be honest. I've, I said, well, you know, if if that's the case, well, there's no law that says you have to stay with Google. No, which leads on to the next point. Probably is that okay? You're right. You don't have to stay with Google. So, what are the better? I'm going to say free competitors because. Google's yeah, free. Because- what are the better free competitors that people should be checking out if, if they're sick of this? The, the, the one tool that, that I, I generally hear people talk about in this context is is uh, is, is, is Matomo. Yeah. Or Matomo, sorry. I never know how to pronounce it. <laughs> Which I think was originally called Pickwick. Okay. Uh, so it's, it, it's, it's, it's been around a, a long time. And I think, you know, hats off to, to, to Matomo. I think they've done a very good job of positioning themselves as saying, look, hey, if you liked the way Google was... That's we're, we're, that's what we do. Yeah, effectively, we've we've built a tool that that, to all intents and purposes, kind of works in the way that you're you're used to, and they they really kind of push this idea that, that they've they've always been privacy and kind of you know data data compliance strengths all along. And I'm certainly aware of in some cases really sizable organisations. Um, it's interesting that they do very well in Germany, unsurprisingly. So a lot, I mean, a lot of larger German organisations have gone. Yeah, um, we're not going to stay with Google. Okay, we're going to go with Matomo. Yep. So, um, and you know, they've, they've clearly not got anywhere near the market penetration. No, 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 Google. Sure. But, but um, you know, to be fair, if if people are asking, where can I go for a tool that that is credible, robust, yep. um, free, <laughs> uh, and uh, it works the way that I'm used to. Mm. Absolutely, definitely. Can you run the two alongside each other? I mean, it, does it work on a little bit of JavaScript in exactly the same way that totally? J4 yeah, does? Or, or, literally. So you just install the the, the, the Matomo yeah. uh, code. I mean, yeah, there's, there's nothing. There's been nothing to stop anyone who wanted to from from running multiple different analytics tools yeah. simultaneously on your site. That's that's always been an option. In fact, ironically, I mean, another one that springs to mind, of course, is um, is Microsoft. Mm. Microsoft Clarity turns out is uh, is actually not bad at all and i mean i was i was um, kind of surprised a few weeks ago when i mean i think they launched it what three years ago and of course i installed it put it in and thought yeah it's all right you know and suddenly at that point it, it integrated with ga3 as as in it, it can pull in some data from ga4 and combine it with with uh, with the, the, their own data, I mean, it's a bit like Hotjar. It combines elements of of um, you know user tracking, etc. But what I was I, I, I light bulb moment a few weeks ago when uh, somebody said, "Oh, you do realise they've they've introduced Copilot into Clarity?" I'm like, "Really? What's that?" So Copilot is Microsoft bringing AI to all of its tools. Yep. So we haven't got it yet in Word or PowerPoint, but we will very shortly. But it's already in Clarity. Right. I thought, well, how does this work? And it's really quite smart. So this is where the AI looks at the data for you and effectively reports back to you in plain English right. what it's found. It's like, oh, that's really good. 
So, for example, with a with a, a kind of a, a heat map report, previously it would have said, well, this person kind of spent forty minutes on the site and they visited these pages, and you can watch their 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 mouse move around the page. The AI goes, well. Based on that data, this looks like somebody who, who really is quite interested in your products and services. Okay. We, can, we, can, we can see that the amount of, we can see because of the amount of time they've spent looking at that content on that page. And oh, look, they hovered over that tab about you know, pricing or whatever. So it gives you like a natural language understanding report of the data. Wow. Now that's, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. <laughs> so, and I, I can't believe for a minute that Google isn't going to start to kind of hope they might start to introduce that kind of capability into Google analytics. Yeah. Um, But, but yeah, the point being clarity completely free does a, you know, perfectly basic acceptable job of just tracking the basic stuff. And now it's got that, that uh, AI capability to really just help the ordinary person, you know, understand what's this telling me, (laughs) what's this data actually saying to me? I think that's really quite good. Yeah, absolutely. And and that that would make sense of GA4 to me. If yes. there was an AI plugged into it, you don't have to do anything. It <laughs> just tells it you. I mean, I mean we're, we're all being told that you know, Google's been investing in AI for yeah. longer than anybody else, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they've got, this, you know, they've got deep mind, yep. et cetera, et cetera. You know, why <laughs> have we not yet got – I mean – to be fair, I mean, there are elements of that sort of AI where they analyze the data and they'll come back with a little sort of little card that says, oh, you know, based on, on what we've, we anthropomorphizing the AI have seen. Um, but but not not in the way that, that uh, the Microsoft Copilot does. I mean, who knows? I mean, it would be surprising if Google isn't yeah. going to do that. Um, but it's like, could you hurry up, please? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I, I guess just to finish off then, well, two things. <laughs> Firstly, do you think Google shot itself in the foot a bit with this? Uh, a bit, no. I think, <laughs> I think I think they took both barrels and then, and then, and then they blew both feet off. Quite frankly, um, no. I mean, if you think about, it, if you look back, I mean, really, this this whole journey, if that's the right word to use, began about five years ago. I mean, Google would argue, look, we, you've, strictly speaking, we've all had five years to get our heads around GA4. They introduced the beta version in 2018. And for two years, they said, look, here it is. Yep. They were encouraging everyone to, to, to install it and run it in parallel with, with analytics. And of course, nobody did. Mm. <laughs> well, a few of us did because we were interested in it, but but most people would go, well, it's not it's not the real thing. No, and no, quite frankly, it's not enough time. And, you know, look, this is working. So, yeah, I'll get around to it eventually. You know, when, when they finally launched the real thing, that's when I'll look at it. Well, then they did in 2020, thinking, right, now everyone's going to have another year or two and everyone's going to neatly kind of move over to four because that's what we've told them to do. Nobody did. <laughs> so that's when they finally was, oh, so we're basically going to have to force people to do it. So when they last year, uh, in March of last year, said we're going to kill Universal Analytics by next July, they gave us another, whatever, 14, 15 months to do it. Yeah. And even now, even now, even now that, that Universal Analytics is officially not capturing any more, more information, various people have tried to estimate, well, how many people have actually moved to GA4? And it doesn't matter who you talk to. There are huge numbers of people who don't appear to have moved to 4. What's going on? Have, have they all moved to Matamo? Or, <laughs> just, or don't they even realize that they're going to wake up in two months and go, we haven't got any data. Exactly <laughs> like, that. Exactly that. People will, will, will clock in, in it, like you said, two months, six months, and go, well, what happened to our data? Where's it gone? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gone? That will <laughs> undoubtedly it. happen to a big number of people. Totally. You've got, you got, you got nothing. You've yeah. got nothing. Okay. So, obviously, people listening to this, they're listening to this for a reason because they're struggling yeah. with it. I mean, <laughs> there's no way around it. People have got work to do. It's, it's yes. that simple, right? Mm-hmm. What's the start point for anyone who's thinking, I don't I don't know where to start. I've logged into it. Now it's pulling data. I look at it. I don't know what to do. What's the start point for people? Well, I'll say, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not, not, not going to plug my own services. Please do. <laughs> you know, uh, obviously, I, I, I run you know, off-the-shelf workshops through CIPR and PRCA and uh, Bespoke, et cetera. But if people are looking for, okay, that involves spending money, there, there are a couple of excellent uh, resources on, on the web 
Uh, there's, there's a YouTube channel called Analytics Mania. Uh, it's, a, it's a chap called Julius Federovicius, if I, I pronounced that correctly. Okay. Julius is great. Love Julius. Literally every every week without fail. Uh, he's been producing these fantastic GA4 tutorial videos for the last several years. Okay. Now. Um, so um, I'd recommend going to his channel. Um, don't be too overwhelmed because there's yeah, billions yeah. of videos. But um, I think he uh, this year updated his kind of GA4 beginner's tutorial video. It's about an hour long. If you don't, if nothing else, I'd watch that as a starting point because I think that will, well, it'll help you make a decision, I think. Yeah, go, yeah. All right, okay, there's a bit of work involved here, but, you know, I think it's worth it, so I'll do it or nah. <laughs> you know, uh, where's where's Matimo? Let's go and let's go and install that, or, or whatever, whatever. You know, just investigate another simple, simpler tool. Yeah, yeah. or find someone who's going to help you and work with you in in, in collaboration that's the, yeah, and do it. That's that's a, yeah, exactly. Although to be fair, I'm just just on the measurement point, investing time and effort in understanding Google Looker slash Data Studio probably is worthwhile because you can obviously use it not just with GA4, but actually, I mean, you can use it literally for everything yeah um it's interesting i think the agencies now waking up to the fact that hey we, we can actually build this kind of holistic reporting dashboard for clients that's pulling in data from our you know media coverage and social media and google analytics and an seo data and we can combine it and when we get really clever we can blend the data and show hey do you realize the effect our media coverage is having on say branded search you know you're going whoa great, you've got this media coverage and you're telling us that X number of people may have seen it, but how do we know what effect it's had? Well, if you can see that your brand search is going up, well, something's caused that to go up. Mm. So just maybe it's that increased visibility through PR that's uh, explaining a lot of that knock-on effect. And, you know, more people searching for your brand definitely means more people going to your site. And if sales are going up, hey, there we go. We're now starting to join the dots between what we do and our effects on on uh, on outcomes so that what i think is fantastic and quite exciting is that there it is you know google look at cost nothing mm. and is perfectly capable in the right hands of pulling that kind of data together and doing it i'm not saying it's it's a five minute job but um it's it you know it doesn't have to take you months a little bit of sort of effort involved even to build something quite basic i think gives you confidence to go ah wow you know now we can start to look at pulling in you know other things as well so i think that's that's something to to uh, to, to, to bear in mind there You can subscribe to Digital Download on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, please do leave a review, as this helps others discover the podcast. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.